Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us for your Ring of Honor and Impact post show. Impact? I'm sorry. TNA post show. Maybe the new home of Kazuchika Okada. Who knows? But. <sighs> My goodness, what a day of wrestling to talk about. A great episode of Ring of Honor to talk about. And the relaunch of TNA on the back end of this. Obviously, they had Snake Eyes. They are in a new era. Nick Nemeth is there. I believe you were getting Josh Alexander versus Will Ospreay today. What an amazing Thursday night of wrestling. And this isn't even the televised stuff. This is your off-the-beaten-path stuff. We're getting Brad Keith versus Claudio and Ospreay versus Alexander. My goodness. Uh, obviously, just as we were about to go live, the news about Okada broke. Um, he is leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling. I wouldn't mind seeing him pop up in ROH, not going to lie. Mm-hmm. But so many options in this crazy, crazy environment. I texted Sean and said, feel free to come on the ROH show and pop a rating if you've got any information for us. So stick around. Uh, we don't have any information at this time. I'm looking at our numbers and they are higher than usual i'm assuming people are wondering if we have any information at this time we do not but i'm sure if sean has anything to tell us he will pop on here and update us but we are going to talk about if you have questions about it if you want to rec spec we're more than happy to do that with you but we're here to review ring of honor which had not one not two but three title defenses on it tonight extremely exciting stuff kyle fletcher defending for the third time in three weeks i love me a fighting champion I love ROH titles being around the promotion that they represent. Mm. Wild stuff. We'll talk about the six-man picture, too, because I have mixed feelings on it. But we'll we'll get into all of that and more on this episode of Ring of Honor. We ask you to leave a thumbs up, please, on this video. It helps people find us in our algorithm, the little show that could over here on Thursday nights. And send in those super chats. No humper chats tonight, but... We will remind you to subscribe to Fightful Select because if Sean doesn't come on here with the details, he's got them at FightfulSelect.com. He's working Even if he's not the one to break news, he always finds supplementary stuff. So I think that Mm -hmm. one is very abrupt. It came out of nowhere. His contract is over the 31st, but because New Japan is not weekly episodic television, he's 
effectively done. And it's kind of funny because his last match was against Osprey, and Osprey is also leaving. So neither of them could really go out on their back, I guess. But what are you going to do? I know what we're going to do, though. We're going to talk about some Ring of Honor. Reg, what did you think of tonight's episode, and how the heck are you? I'm doing great, Kate. You mean to tell me that our coworkers are actually showing up today to talk about TNA wrestling? I know. Well, 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 their month-long vacation is over there on the TNA side lucky, of things. Lucky, lucky. But... Feet been kicked up for like four straight episodes for Cresta and Joel. I appreciate I it. I'm know. excited to see our friends back. Happy that <laughs> TNA is back. Really fun episode of Ring of Honor here today. I thought that the spirit of Ring of Honor was shining through very highly in this. Everybody that I liked was on this show, so there wasn't too many complaints from me. <laughs> we got some flipping and spinning. I'm we got some you. good stuff on the show. There's mm. still things I would like to see clarified. Your pure division, again, Action Andretti well, and Top Flight yeah. continues to be a tag team sometime, a trio other times. But overall, like it's so refreshing to be in a place where we're nitpicking about those things and that there's not these fundamental overwhelming things that we're complaining about every week it's really 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 taken shape nicely only took like an extra year but we're getting there (laughs) i love to see it so let's dive in we thank you guys so much for the support but we start off we get a a video package that's recapping some stuff but we like to dive into the action here on roh if you want to recap you can go look at past episodes right we're talking Mm -hmm. nyla rose and erica lee who is from my neck of the woods. She's very, very charismatic, a ton of fun. Uh, doesn't get a lot to talk about here, though. Where she yeah. loses in fast fashion with the beast bomb. And later in the show, we get a really fun promo from Nyla, um, as one would expect from her. She's backstage with Lexi Nair, who asks why she attacked Athena. And she says that she's the new minion overlord. And that you will respect her authority, which mm-hmm. I appreciated as a South Park fan. She's <laughs> in full Cartman mode. I respect it. I think he's one of the best heels in, in all of television. Definitely. Um, we get Nyla telling Lexi Nair, who is so phenomenal backstage. We're going to talk more about her later as Dalton Castle was throwing cheese around her head. Um, but she tells her that she attacked Athena to make a statement and she's not going to stop making those statements until she wins the world title. Um, here's what I really like about what they're doing with Nyla and ROH. She's been called the beast, right? The native beast. We've seen that over and over again, but on the main roster, she was just kind of being used as the title adjacent person Mm -hmm. that everybody beat on their way to the title to make people look good. Very similar to how Lance Archer is used in the men's division. I'm not saying it's a misuse of her, but I am saying it is not, the height of her potential. And so to see her just coming in, chewing bitches up and spitting them out (laughs) is real, real fun in the same way that, um, or in the opposite way that I feel about Wardlow, where it's like, okay, we get it. You squash someone. I think this is actually really refreshing from Nyla because my complaint with her was always, they talk about her being a beast and then she loses a lot. Like her coming in, being the beast and kicking people's asses feels pretty good to me, Reg. I don't know about you, but Liked the squash that we got here and absolutely loved the promo because her sense of humor is just incredible. Yeah, I think the the part that I like the most about Nyla being featured on ROH is it's all 100% Nyla. They're giving us the promos. They're giving us the matches. They're giving us the funny. They're giving us the angry. Like everything about Nyla we're getting here in all facets. I love her coming out and being like, 
I have to make a big splash in this division because there's so many women that are gunning for Athena. Athena's seen it all. So I came right into her house, put her through a door, and this is where we're going with it. Her having a great squash to start the show, them putting an emphasis on her being maybe the number one contender. You got to earn it, Nyla, a little bit harder than that. But I see where <laughs> you're going. But yeah, them be, uh, her being a, a, a an emphasis on being the number one contender, I like it. I think it's all great. Her and Athena are going to have a crazy match if it does happen. I agree. I think that'll be a whole bunch of fun. And we talked about this a little bit last week, so I don't want to harp on it too much. But her picking on someone that's bigger than her, I think, is going to be something that's very, very fun. Um, we got Ricardo saying Okada's going to be <laughs> number 26 in the Rumble watch. I, My guess is he would be AEW or TNA bound based on schedule. He has kind of said that that's a priority for him in the past. And also, leaving New Japan doesn't mean you have to leave New Japan if you go other places. Now, I don't know what yep. what relationship fell apart there. I told Reg before we went on, I honestly thought part of bringing Tanahashi in was hopeful as a, a way to try and retain Okada if you are New Japan. Um, but that obviously didn't come to fruition. So if they're on good enough terms, you would hope that we would see him at a forbidden door or something to that mm -hmm. effect. Um, but hey, if he goes to WWE and dethrones Roman, why not? If he, I think pe people are just so everybody doesn't want to be an American pro wrestler. Like that's like if people are like WWE is a goal for a lot of people, but some people don't want to come to America and work 300 days and be at WrestleMania. Like he was the ace of New Japan. Shout out to Tanahashi, the real ace of New Japan was Okada. Sure. He was <laughs> he carried the flag for that company for so long for a reason. I'm sure he's been getting contracts and stuff for a year. Does he want to pack his whole family up, his newborn baby up, his wife up to come over to America to be, you know, jacket time with Sammy, uh, with, with Nakamura? I don't know. Like he could, that could be the goal. He could be like, yo, I'm coming to surf, bro. I'm ready for this. But I just, I'm not about to see it. surf 2024. <laughs> I mean, if that's the goal, if he's like, yo, I'm trying to come surf, I'm all in too. Yo, go for it. You know? I mean, if he wanted to surf, he could have just worked New Japan strong and been in the West Coast and surfing his little butt off in California. But I I think, expect a lot of this this year. What's wild is, I think Osprey and Okada are two of the biggest names that would be out there. Drew Galloway is certainly on that list. Seth and Becky are certainly on that list, though. Kind of feels like, based on statements they've made, that they're looking to stay where they are. They're just going to look to get really, really, really well paid in the process, and they should. They're two of the most valuable wrestlers in all of wrestling. Um, this is going to be a wild contract year. Sheamus's contract is coming up. This Mercedes gal, I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, um, but she, I think, some... Some people are starting to talk about her a little bit. So stay tuned to Fightful Select for all of it because Sean Sean not only has a lot of contract news, Sean loves contract news. If yeah. Sean could just do contract news and nothing mm -hmm. else for the rest of his life, he would be so happy. So go support the thing that makes him happy because he gets a lot of bullshit. Okada, I kind of like, <laughs> I knew there, his contract was coming up, but I didn't think that they were going to be like, he's leaving, you know, like, because like, you got to give him all the, that's your golden goose right there, dude. You got to throw him all the money in the world. And for them to not be able to throw him all the money in the world or give him what he wants and him be leaving is insane. You guys. So insane. that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, he's so interesting too, because 
like I don't know if a WWE crowd knows who he is, but I know an AEW and a TNA crowd know who he is. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of what his preferences are. Like if he wants to go be this legend who gets to walk in with a legend's reputation to a place that doesn't know him, that's incredible. If he wants like schedule strength and for people to already know who he is, that's awesome too. Like the the world is that guy's oyster. And what you're seeing, I feel like in this year as much as any other year, because this is the next like cycle of AEW contracts that are coming up, right? Like I think you're seeing people's worth and stock rise and rise and rise and rise because the competition is so steep right now. Um, so we'll see. We'll see Jam Beard saying, not gonna lie, Seamus maybe going to New Japan would be cool. Man, like if you that. gave me Seamus versus like Alex Coglin, mm-hmm. please. That would be really <laughs> sick, honestly. That would be sick. Shingo Takagi mm-hmm. versus oh my god, versus Seamus. That would be so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um so insane. Okada leaving New Japan. What's crazy to me is like there's not an opportunity to give him a proper send-off, and he's a legend. Like that's just I, that's what happens, I, I guess, when you're working through contracts and you're not in weekly episodic television. But geez. My brain is like, oh, I can't even form the words to be like Okada's leave. And like right before we got on this podcast, I looked at that tweet and was like. I'm still like, what? Like, never. Yeah. He's like, he's going to be New Japan till he stops being a wrestler. And he's not. Shocking. Yeah, I'm very curious as to what circumstances that fell apart on. Because Osprey, I kind of figured, would go somewhere else. Yeah. Okada? I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Um, that's an Seeing interesting Okada one Okada on sure. a weekly television show would be super interesting also. <laughs> yeah, I'm very intrigued by that. Well, what's what's... To me, what has been good about the past year is they've gone out of their way to build up a lot of new talent. You've had a reformed Bullet Club, ZSJ having a singles title run. You had Despy having a breakout year. You've had all of these really great years for these people. And now it's looking more important than ever because Okada's departing. Tanahashi isn't the same wrestler that he was. I think that's fair to say, though heartbreaking to say. Like he, He's not the same guy that he was in the ring. Shingo Takagi, I think, is quietly one of the best wrestlers in the world. I think that death match with John Moxley on the uh, Battle of the Valley pay-per-view proved it. Nuts. But, like, it also feels like, okay, you better set fire to these guys now because you've lost Osprey and Okada. That's a rough go for any company. That's a rough go for any company, never mind one that is continuing to be a feeder, essentially. And I think that's where the AEW relationship is really important because at least they get them back sometimes. This is nuts. This is nuts. Yeah, we're going to work our way through this episode of Ring of Honor. Joel and Cresta come back now. Like now we have our own time limit draw this week of all weeks with Okada. I mean, literally was about to hit like go live. And Reg was like, well, hold on. Hold on a minute. (laughs) This Okada news just broke. But in other shocking incredible breaking news red did you know that the roh tag titles can be defended on roh nope this was uh this was the most shocking news of the day even with okada existing (laughs) even okada leaving new japan it's still the roh tag titles being defended on roh tv as the most shocking thing of the day i love how they even brought it up on commentary caprice is like they're defending them on honor club this is what i love to see this is what i've been wanting i think you're echoing my words out there caprice we've been wanting this for a really long time didn't seem that hard i'm like just put the champs on the show and then have them defend it and then we'll all like it 
right? Legit. That's all it takes. But I will also say that, to their credit, we've seen them do this over the past, I'm going to say two and a half to three months, step by step. You started yeah. to see the talent get clearer. You started to see the divisions get clearer. You're now start starting to see those um, titles that a lot of them switched hands get refolded into the picture now. It seems like there's some consistency and a plan behind this product, which I'm guessing in a rights renewal year is a pretty good idea. So yeah. let's hope that this stays the course because it's just a more entertaining product to watch when you have stakes like championships on your program. Uh, the Kingdom retaining here, hitting the Hail Mary for the win and their first successful defense of the titles. Very refreshing to see this on here. I thought this was a super fun match. I loved yeah. the chemistry between the Iron Savages and uh, Undisputed Kingdom. I feel like that's something that's really impressive to me and part of why I always liked Bear Country and the Iron Savages. It is It, it just feels like for two big-ass dudes, no matter who they're in the ring with, they, they never look flummoxed by any opponent. They're extremely versatile in there and, you know, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett also know their way around a ring. This is not their first cup of coffee either. So some really, really good stuff here. And just, I was, I was verklempt. I was overwhelmed. I was excited <laughs> to see those ROH tag titles on ROH. Crazy concept. What did you think of the match? And did you feel as excited as I was just to have the damn titles around? <laughs> yeah, you know, a product of us suffering over here without Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships is that we got to build up tag teams like these guys, like uh, Top Flight, uh, a bunch of tag teams that are on the come up. So the Kingdom has a bunch of guys ready made for tag team matches just like this. The Kingdom, I think it's been a year ago I was saying these guys should be the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. It took a year, like Kate said. We're here. It's fine. Things, you know, baby steps to get to where we need to get to. But this is exactly what I thought we needed to do. The Kingdom look reinvigorated. They look strong. They look confident. They look the part. And I, I can appreciate that as the World Tag Team Champions. And I thought this match was really great. You got all the antics. You got the butt and the <laughs> the butt stuff and the, you know <laughs> all those things yeah all those things are in there the kingdom looked like the roh world tag team champions i'm excited to see what they do with this run if they're going to continue to just have matches on honor club back to back to back that's really all i want it's not that hard like we said so yeah i thought this was a good way to kind of reintroduce the belts back to the uh division and the show agreed and we'll talk a little bit about how the consistent defenses of Tyler of Tyler Fletcher of Tyler Fletcher. <laughs> I get paid to do this. Kyler, <laughs> Kyle Fletcher. Kyler. Wow. <laughs> I'm still reeling over the Okada news guys. It's crazy. I'm telling you. Kyler is our social media coordinator. It's a lot. Okay. <laughs> there was also a really nice spine buster moonsault combo in there that I really, really liked from the kingdom. I hope they use that as much as possible. Cause I just think that is, yeah. Two moves that both of them do the best as individuals in tandem works every time. It works every time. Moving on to probably my match of the night, and I'm almost positive yours. Almost positive. Claudio Castagnoli back in ROH. First time since uh, he dropped the title, which love that. Love him returning here versus Brian Keith. What I loved about this was how much of the story was how much time it took Claudio to put Brian Keith away. It took him over 10 minutes. And I loved 
how much it felt like Brian Keith was he's not he wasn't an underdog or a baby face in, t- in peril but he was just staying in the fight like mm-hmm. that's how this felt to me and I loved it the finish here is Claudio hitting a double stomp and then swinging Keith around a little bit into a sleeper hold to choke him out because he could not get him down now when I get finishes of matches I always feel like that's the punctuation mark on the match. This match in particular, I feel like for that punctuation mark to affect the rest of the story of the match, you really have to go back and watch it because there were so many instances in this that felt like they really built out a story for a match that didn't have a story going into it. When you had Keith going for that Emerald Tiger driver, but Castagnoli reversing it into the giant swing, but that's not enough to put Keith down. Keith beating that 20 count to get back in the ring and kicking out of a running uppercut, hitting that tornado DDT on the back of it. This match was awesome. And I just love how much we talked about this with Kyle Fletcher last week, like those urgent endings kind of this had the same thing where you could feel Claudio like wanting to put this guy away. Cause he, he was his chances of victory were threatened the longer this went on. Cause Keith was just hanging around, hanging around, hanging around, Absolutely love that. Uh, I I adore this match. This is worth going out of your way to see if you didn't catch it live. Uh, What were your thoughts on Claudio and PWI, BWI, number one (laughs) ranked, as referenced by Nigel McGuinness, on AEW Collision, Brian Keith? (laughs) This was great introduction by Kate. This was, uh, I had heard some people were in attendance at the show this past weekend saying this match is awesome you guys are going to want to see it so there was already a little anticipation a little build up and man did this exceed those expectations claudio coming in i love that they gave it kind of time space claudio is never uh rushing through anything but there was like when he was the world champion it was like i'm gonna just get these guys out of here it didn't feel like he was like i'm gonna get this guy out of here i want to see what he got but then at the end, he's like, okay, this guy got a little bit more than I expected. I got to choke him out just so he can get away from me. I thought that Brian Keith was awesome in this. I won't say anything about how he got to the ring. You guys just forget about it. Don't text me. <laughs> Don't send me anything. Don't say anything. We're just moving forward. He looked great. He had his interest gear. And then uh, I thought that uh, everything else beyond that was great. His selling was great because Claudio was all over him be, you know, with all the whole match using his power to try to break Keith down. But Keith just had that will. Caprice talked about <laughs> when Keith gets mad, he looks like Yosemite Sam. I thought it was super <laughs> funny. And then he kind of does when he does. Like, I'm like, this is really funny because that's how he actually does look. But Keith just, like, rallying, rallying back, hitting him with the knees, just staying on top of him, not ever being out of the fight, I think was the story of the match. Them kind of playing into uh, Claudio's not the champion, but this is kind of a proving ground match. We already know Keith, but he is also still kind of on the rise on the come up. Somebody you guys need to get to know. This match right here was match of the night. Everything you would love back and forth from each. Claudio was doing everything. Usually, you know, one of his finishers will get him out. He had to bust out a different move to end the match. Just shows how important, how hard fought this victory was. Great showing for Keith, I thought. Claudio being in Ring of Honor is awesome. Him and Brian Danielson are teaming up on Collision. Like, this week of wrestling is insane. It is an insane week of wrestling. And I also loved commentary saying, 
um, this is what ended Jericho's reign when he yeah. was in that swing. I just thought that was, they're so good at stuff like that, man. Caprice and Ian, just a magic combination on commentary and, and little things like that of, because then your head goes to, well, damn, if Brian Keith is better than Chris Jericho and he was yep. Ocho over here, like he could do some real work in Ring of Honor. So just those little compensatory details filling in from Anna Caprice make this even more fun to watch. And now they don't even have to do as much work because there's actually shit that makes sense on the show, including <laughs> titles. So they just get to do their jobs really well. This is a whole bunch of fun. Well, I'm just going to read this stupid super chat from the stupid person because I was going to work this into a Maria Canella segment, but we didn't have one today. Him saying, Reg, have you shot your shot with Katie yet? Not a hot mom. Listen, my coworkers, unlike you, actually respect me as a woman. And I'm not a hot mom, to your point. So he's going to have to stick with Mother Wayne if he wants to fulfill that need. There's a, there's a lot of shots to be shots. And yeah. I'm not like a we're on a show together. She talks to me. So no, dude, that's not how this works. Like humans have uh, lady friends. That's how this thing works. You could talk to somebody and not want (laughs) anything from them except for wrestling analysts and a good friendship. That's kind of how these things work. I don't want to hook up with any of my uh, co-hosts. That's not DM. This also goes for my Twitter interactions. Mm -hmm. This goes for Instagram. I'm not sending you feet pics. None of that. So just take a note. Oh, she from talked Reg. to me. Oh, are are we in love? No, dude. Like she just responded to a tweet one time. Thank you. You Thank freaks. You. <laughs> Don't be freaks. There's a lot of shots to be shot. A there gazillion so of them. So keep and the the six over here that no. you think you should shoot because they're close. No, go long distance, brother. I ain't the basket, guys. Long. Anyway, <laughs> moving <Go> on. <laughs> Uh, the Amish electrician asking how many stars for the Claudio Keith match. Um, that's a good question. Somewhere between three and a half and four, I feel mm-hmm. like, and not um, for any reason other than the fact that it was kind of, I don't want to say a throwaway match because I feel like it felt like an important match, but if it was a bigger setting, had even more time or whatever, it would probably kick it up a little bit. But pro- probably around that four-star area, like, definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I feel like if it had gotten, like, six more minutes, it'd be a four-star match. And if Frankie thought a different song, then it would be a four-star <laughs> song, four-star match, but it was three and a half stars. <laughs> it's an expensive song, Reg. Know, Cut the I people know, some I slack. I know, I know, I know, and I get in trouble when I make jokes about it. Yeah. <laughs> Still tipping off those jokes, Matthew Plus saying lies. Not lies. You can it's possible to be normal, not for you, but for other people. <sighs> I love you guys. Thank uh, you so much for the support, champions. Hey, here so I thought good. Kate was spoken for by Eddie. Listen, my love for Eddie Kingston is evergreen, but like my love for Eddie Kingston comes from a specific moment in time of him covered in blood in a Yankee shirt carrying a gas yep. can down to the ring okay there was something that changed within me as a woman that moment Mm -hmm. that uh you can't come back from so but eddie rules he's like my favorite he's the the man he is just he he is the man he just fucking rules so we will move along guys thank you so much for the support continue to get in those super chats as we continue to work down this ring of honor card you will have joel and cresta back what for the new (laughs) tna Nick Nemeth giving a promo on that. Very excited to hear what he had to say. 
And that's not even the craziest shit of the week. We got Okada departing New Japan. I'm sure Sean will pop on if he has any details. The most valuable details will be on FightfulSelect.com, though, because those are worth money. So go subscribe for just $5 a month. The best deal. 11,000 other people do it. You should do it, too. Not only do you get scoops, you get Sean's Q&A. You get bonus shows like Ask Rhapsody every other week. You get me and Alex Pulaski doing alternative post shows to pay-per-views behind the paywall. So much happening at FightfulSelect.com. We have more subscribers than we do pieces of news broken since the beginning. I found out today by like almost 2,000, which just made me really, really, really happy. All of the contract news is going to be back there. That is Sean's wheelhouse. You got a big year in 2024. Didn't think Okada was going anywhere, and here we are. So you just <laughs> never know what is going to happen. Well, we move on to a really fun multi-women match here. A little bit of confusion around some things. Um, getting a little tired of like the move train thing. That's getting a little old, but otherwise a very fun match between Billy Starks, Kira Hogan, Lady Frost, and Queen Amanada. And Layla Hirsch, Rachel Elring, Robin Renegade, who had some nasty things to say, and Taya Valkyrie in this. They could not get on the same page. That that latter team, they did not like each other very much. Billy Starks, Kira Hogan, Lady Frost, and Queen Aminata. Man, we are having some fun with this women's division, man. The end, we do get kind of this sequential move train, and it ends with Billy Starks hitting that star 10 on Renegade for the win. I thought the right person got the pin. I thought the right person took the pin. So that, I think, is actually a really important feat in a multi-women match when you have so many options and so much going on. I got to put over Ian again. I know I do it all the time, but for two reasons. One, after this match, we get Abaddon coming out. He got their pronouns correct. He yes. always does. Um, mm. Effortlessly sounds supernatural. I just appreciate that. I am not even always good at that. I, it's never intentional sometimes no. because she's the living dead girl thing. Yeah. Like I always mm-hmm. think that they, I always kind of go to that with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just appreciate that about Ian. And the other thing that Ian is great at, and it's something that I appreciate so much is he always assigns the same amount of weight to the women's division as the men's division. And it's easier mm-hmm. to do an ROH than a lot of other places because there's so much more screen time and stakes for the women's wrestling here but like that meant a lot to me when he put athena's title reign in the likes of brian danielson and nigel mcginnis and stuff yep. and he continued to do that just making everything feel so important with this new women's title caprice too but ian just kind of driving the train on this one like that means a lot to me as a woman and a women's wrestling fan like that kind of stuff is important and not a lot of commentators do that and i i can't describe what's missing from other commentators doing it otherwise i would but I just know with Ian, it is there because it just sounds like both are extremely important. And that means like the world to me as a fan. I loved his commentary on this. I loved this match. I thought it was a blast. These multi-women matches are a whole bunch of fun. Um, and I think it also is a good way to get into this TV title picture in like a, mm-hmm. a very playful way. Like it's going to shape up more intensely as we go on, but like, I just thought this was fun to showcase what these women can do before we get fully invested in what that's going to look like. Yeah, I like them kind of, you know, we able to weave stories with all the different women in different situations and scenarios. Yeah, that spot, Kate, it's uh, deemed (laughs) 
<laughs> the waterfall spot. And I have complained to people that probably had hands in booking this match. And I'm going to continue <laughs> to do it. I don't know why you keep trolling me all the time. Stop with the damn waterfall spot. It's ridiculous. It happens too much. It happens in every multi-person match at this point. One person's in the middle. They get hit with a pump kick. Another person comes in with an elbow. Another person comes in with the body slam. It's just stop it. It's in every multi-person match. I don't want to say it anymore. I hate it, and I didn't want it in this match. <laughs> All the ladies look great, though. I think that they are really establishing whatever they're gonna, whatever way they're gonna get into the TV title situation. Is it gonna be a tournament? Is it gonna be whatever it's gonna be? I think they're establishing a bunch of great players. Billy Starks is looking great out of this. Ty yes. is looking awesome out of this. Diamante. There's so many. Kira looks. There's so many. Every. I mean, everybody in this match and beyond, I think, are going to be contenders for this. But having these women just in there and establishing themselves, everybody kind of gets to do their little thing. I thought this was really cool. This was really cool. And we've got some chats about it. I love that the thing that we get chats about most on the show is women's wrestling. It makes me so happy. A lot mm -hmm. of that is Athena, but we're seeing the fruits of the labor that they've been bearing here of like, this division has been fire for a while. This has been something that has been a positive in ROH. And now we're starting to see that payoff Athena aside, which is really cool. But Jim Beard saying also for the women's TV title, give us a C2 style tournament involving the yeah. eight women from the tag and add in Trish, Abaddon, Shafir, and Camille. Who? So according to FightfulSelect.com, Camille was backstage at AEW. She has been rumored to go to NXT. Um, but some interesting stuff brewing there. I think she would be... I honestly do feel like there's a lot of people in NXT that she could have a lot of fun with. Blair Davenport, mm -hmm. Roxanne Perez. Like That feels like a good fit. But I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to see her versus Rachel Elring under this umbrella. Her versus we were seeing both members of the Hex for a while. Her versus Layla Hirsch. Yeah. I just want to see Layla Hirsch versus everyone. So that would not make me bad. I think a C2 style tournament is a lot to snap together for an inaugural title reign. Um, that feels like a big undertaking. Now, ROH is the program with the room to do it and the roster to do it. But I think maybe something a little bit more straightforward than a round robin tournament when you're kind of, mm -hmm. I think they, people are excited about this title. Let's put it on someone is kind of the vibe I get where with the C2, yeah. it was like, we've got a lot going on with this. We're trying to get the product back on track a little bit more. Certainly would not be mad about it. I would love to see a women's C2 down the line, but I also don't want to see a women's C2 without Willow Nightingale, without Athena without right. an incoming Mercedes Monet, without an already kicking ass Deanna Parazu. So let's make that a roster-wide thing. But I don't hate that suggestion. What do you want to see, see to or not, whatever your thoughts are, out of this women's kind of TV title picture? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think tournament is where we're leading to this with how many contenders we have. Because, I mean, what else would you do? A battle royal? That wouldn't really make a lot of sense. You kind of want to give the person some big wins on the way up to there. And like the tournament's the easiest way. I think that I kind of think in the same way that you are, the C2 might be a little bit too convoluted for what they're trying to accomplish with getting this championship. Because with the C2, it was like, we're trying to establish more of the tournament, the wrestling, blah, blah, blah. This one is like, we're establishing this wrestler in this championship. And what Athena did, it has to be different than that. So there's some things I think that are going to go into it. 
the tournament is the way to go, I think, with how many contenders you have. There's even more that haven't been announced yet. It's just too many to not do. Agreed. Agreed. And I I don't know. I'm excited about it, though. Like, it feels we don't really have um, – if you're not going to do tag titles, this is a, a good move so that there's more stakes because this division is filling out really fast. It is. Really, really fast. So that's just really encouraging to see. Mm-hmm. We got a chat from Izzy. Oh no, where did it go? Let me refind it. Uh, Izzy's saying, I know SRS punching the air can't have a day off. Let me tell you. Nope. This Never. is this is Sean's favorite shit in the world. He <laughs> loves contract news. He loves getting contract news. He likes the Adam Schefter part of his job. Like this mm-hmm. is the thing that he loves the most. He has so much fun with it. Uh, and by the way, he does not have a day off. Even when he's not doing this, he's, right. he does not have a day off. So since he's going to be working, him getting supplementary details to whatever is going on with this Okada stuff, I think is probably the way he would prefer to spend his Thursday night, if not with his awesome life. Um, so <laughs> good stuff. We're going to talk about it if we have enough time kind of at the end here. And certainly with the, the TNA crew coming on because he just had a TNA appearance as well. But before mm-hmm. we get to any of that, we're going to talk about This top flight, Darius and Dante Martin and Butcher and Blade match. Before it, we have this very. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Action Andretti is in the back talking and Top Flight <laughs> drives up in a golf cart and gets Andretti. <laughs> this is not Andretti slander. I just, I don't know when or how hydration became his gimmick, but it's a little <laughs> weird. Match is super fun. We've got Top Flight getting fired up in this. Hitting their tag team moves uh, before Dante hits that crossover splash for the win, which always looks so great. Dante, considering how long he was injured and the nature of his injury, does not look like he lost a step, which is awesome to see because that's not always the case. Um, Now that we have tag titles around, it's a lot more fun to watch these matches because you're kind of like, oh, who are next contenders for these things? Top flight, you have to figure is in there. I'm... Assuming the six-man belts are going to be held hostage, so we're probably going to have Action Andretti on the outskirts of this for a little bit and just go with top flight proper is my guess. But I thought this match was fun. Nice to see Butcher and Blade staying in the mix. I I really like them as a team, and I think they have so much value. So even in taking a loss here, I thought they looked good. Any thoughts on this extremely odd little bro? (laughs) It's not throwing cheese. It's still not even close to the weirdest thing that we got on here, but... And this this match as well. I don't know what the water thing is. Like, there's a certain sector of fans that are kind of confused, I think. Everybody's like, well, why does he keep doing it? What part of the gimmick? What is this? And then they're leaning into it pretty heavily. So whatever. All right. I'm in. It sounds good to me, too. Um, I think the best. I don't know. They're kind of confusing me now because they put them in tag matches back to back nights. And I really love the tag matches. It's the, the regular two-on-two with Dante and Darius. I think that they're awesome as a tag team. And the, the, the moves that they have together, 
they can work them a little better, bit a bit better than they do in the trios matches. So I'm like, man, maybe I just want to see top flight like this, but I'd also like to see them as trios or six man championships, tag team champs. So I don't really know where I'm kind of standing with this, but I thought this match was cool. Anytime we see Darius and Dante together, and it's funny how just that one match with the kingdom added so much more stakes to any tag match that's on a ring of honor show. Like this match felt like way more stakes with these two tag teams because they've establishing butcher and the blade top five just came back. Need some more wins. That is a really fun match. They're getting a little bit of their stuff back together. They're meshing as brothers again. I think if in three or four more weeks, they'll really be back to who they need to be, but them knocking the dust off. I think this is a really good way back up to who top fight really is. I agree. And I think that, um, as fun as like trios are and they are, yeah. there's something really fun about tandem offense versus like mm-hmm. three guys laying in separate move offense. It's just a different dynamic. I think for top flight, Darius and Dante have that down. Action Andretti has always seemed to be on the periphery. I'm hoping that they find something consistent for him to do. One of the few things that hasn't been clarified is this trio because right. there's just been injuries after injuries with this poor group of people. So and Action Andretti has bounced around from being the guy that beat Chris Jericho to hydration Andretti to whatever we're doing. So um, I'm glad he's hydrated. That makes me happy. Uh, it sounds like he's getting his protein too. So love that for him. But all just a little bit odd. Uh, we got some more Super Chats. Thank you so much for all the support today. You guys are cool. Yeah, hell yeah. The Amish electrician saying, Reg, thoughts on Austin Gunn's new theme for Bullet Club Gold. It's not many men. Anytime these sons of guns do something, I have to compliment <laughs> them. I hate it. Don't beat Dude. Austin Gunn, you son of a gun. The entire time they were off TV while Jay White was in the C2, they did not leave the gym, evidently. They are just jacked. They're some monsters. They came back looking better. In How are you guys got me complimenting the damn guns on this show? That's not what I wanted out of this. I'm like, good thing they look good in the ring. Am I a guns fan? What the hell's happening here? But I love Jay White. Jay White's unbelievable. And I think coming into play here because Jay White with his background, knows something about how to make people better through the use of a stable. My biggest complaint with the guns was that it never felt right that they were tag champions. I don't have a problem with a team that's around to eat some pins or a newer team that needs to grow or anything like that. However, them getting hot shot into the titles the way they did when it felt unearned, not in the sense that they weren't working really hard at it, but that they didn't do the work to have us buy in as fans. That was my biggest complaint around them. Having them in a stable is perfect. Like I, I really like the way that they're being used there. So but I'm with you right again. I know, but they, now we're out here saying nice things, and that that eats away at your soul a little bit. I guess. No, the, I'm like, damn, they did do something I didn't like because they made them ROH six man champions, and I'm like, I don't really know if that's, I don't really know if that's where I wanted to land with this. Because are we getting unified? No. I was seeing that last night, Kate. How do you feel about this? I'm back and forth on it because I feel like both belts have been so lost that unifying them and having them bounce around might be really healthy. But at the same time, I don't want it to be another situation where these belts get combined and we don't ever see them on ROH. That would be such a bummer because those belts do have a really important history. And on top of that, like we've never, thank you to follow Kyle K Sparks. If you like ROH, he's a savant. He knows history 
up and down. We have never in this new era of ROH seen the ROH six man tag titles change hands in ROH. They've changed hands three times and it's been in AEW every single time. Figure it out. I don't want to be negative about it because we saw three titles on tonight and it's all very positive stuff, but like that stuff makes me roll my eyes still. Like, let's get it together with these six man belts. Uh, Jam Beard saying actions water gimmick feels like a TikTok trend thing. So his next. Is it in TikTok trends? I'm so old. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so his next gimmick will be drinking a Sprite without burping. Listen, if it's a McDonald's Sprite, that's the most intimidating thing he could be. I don't know. My goodness. Uh, Kate, we're getting space for women's ma- tags when Bullet Club merges the ROH trios with the AEW trios. Uh... Oh, yeah. And Macho Man Randy Average. We're going to talk about that in a second because that had me howling. I, I think everybody's not... on this train for this merge, and I don't know. I'm split on it. I'm split on it because I'm like, well, if you only have to worry about one, maybe the neglect to both will stop. Like, maybe yeah. it'll have a bit more intensive of an effort, but... I feel like Ring of Honor is going to get the short end of the stick on this, though. That's... If history is an indicator of the present and the future, it is mm. a, uh, a concern. A real concern. We will move along... Guys, I see the numbers going up and down this entire stream. If we have Okada news, we will tell you Okada news. I promise we don't have it right now. We ain't got none. We do um, have word just from New Japan, if you're tuning in and haven't seen this, um, that Okada is leaving New Japan at the end of the month. There are no more planned events right now for New Japan Pro Wrestling between now and then. So, as of right now, it looks like Okada's tenure in New Japan Pro Wrestling is up. There is no further word on that. Stay tuned to FightfulSelect.com, and I'm sure if Sean has anything to break, he will come on the stream and break it, because he likes when our own channel does well, it turns out, which is good for us. Also good for us is getting Mark Briscoe on this episode of ROH for so many reasons. It's always good to have Mark Briscoe on my screen. But uh, this is obviously the week that Jay Briscoe passed. The anniversary of his passing was yesterday. It hit the one-year mark today. Mark Briscoe's birthday. (laughs) Brutal, brutal stuff. An incredibly moving video package that got shown yesterday. An incredibly moving statement about Jay's daughter who was in that same accident and told she was never going to walk again. And out she walks at a really, really special moment on Dynamite. If you missed Dynamite, seek that out. Maybe cry like a baby. But nice to see Mark Briscoe here winning with the J-Driller against Serpentico. He hits a lariat for a near fall before that. Serpentico comes back with some kicks and a flatliner. But Briscoe getting out of the way for the double stop and that J-Driller for the win. Just felt like a really important piece of Ring of Honor being represented this week of all weeks. Yeah. Was something that was really, really special. I also really loved that in the C2 when he lost out, essentially, um, outside of that one win that didn't impact anything against Jay Lethal. Him saying, like, I lost because I'm in my rookie season as a singles competitor, I thought was a brilliant framing of that. And I just think about that so much when he's in the ring now. Like, he's really, really special. Um, happy birthday to, to Mark Briscoe. Um, I'm sure it's a very weird emotional year. Um, and moments, but very, very cool to see him. I was hoping he would be on this episode because, mm-hmm. um, of course, of the significance of it. But 
great to see him winning. Great to see him winning with the J driller. Didn't really have to mean anything as far as a wrestling context because it meant so much more in the grand scheme of things. Any thoughts on this? Yeah, I thought it was a fitting return for Mark Briscoe. They said he hadn't been on Ring of Honor TV since June. Um, Jay Briscoe's one-year anniversary was yesterday. It's just unfortunate that every time Mark Briscoe ever has a birthday now, like it's the day, like forever, it's the day after the tragic accident of his brother. So, wow, it's just that segment yesterday was hard, but also amazing. Um, All of it is just, when you think about it, it's like, damn, that it's only a year ago, still seems so fresh. It's amazing that Mark Briscoe is still here in the ring and he looks awesome. Like this match tonight was great. Serpentico, I thought, got some offense in. Mark Briscoe always makes everybody look great. While throwing really good strikes, his chops are always super strong. Elbow drops are great. His suplexes are awesome. The Dre Driller looks really cool and a fitting tribute to his brother. I think anything surrounding Mark Briscoe is cool. And I could see him as a champion in Ring of Honor by the end of the year. I'm surprised he wasn't by the end of 2023. So. Yeah, I definitely think he'll have some ROH gold sooner rather than later, and I think that's awesome. Um, To your point, it feels like it was two days ago. It also feels like it was 10 years ago. It does not feel like one year ago. But those anniversaries of every one of the trilogy matches with FTR, right? Like we were thinking of it then. We're thinking of it during the holidays. We're thinking of it on his birthday, and then the actual anniversary of his passing comes up, and you forget that Mark's birthday was the next day. Um, just our, our continued condolences and prayers to his family. They really look like they've been moving through it beautifully through, through their own faith and, um, through their own process. Like it was just nice to see them all out there yesterday. So, uh, we always just send further love and healing, but this was a really nice way to kind of pay tribute without it being like an overwhelming, we're paying tribute thing. Cause we saw that yesterday. So, um, nice to to see it like in action in a way really fun Mm -hmm. stuff really good stuff speaking of fun stuff let's talk about this now because i forgot to put it in my notes in the right order Mm -hmm. macho man randy average (laughs) is one of the funniest things i've ever heard i knew johnny tv was a lot of fun i've known dalton castle is the best right um I did not realize that they were soulmates and made for each other for these oh, no. segments. They are absolutely hysterical. We've seen Don Castle coming to the ring with sandwiches in his hand because he's become so unhinged. Um, Johnny TV took everything away from him. Don Castle uh, comes in here after he drops, after Johnny TV drops this really average line, which was so great, saying uh, exactly that. He took everything away from me. I'm the one that's supposed to be on there with the TV title every week in everybody's living rooms. And he is just throwing cheese at people. He's throwing cheese around Lexi Nair's head. He's, he's just, he's chucking cheese, Reg, Mm -hmm. uh, that undoubtedly was supposed to be on his ham sandwich. What a riot. What a fun thing to have in the middle of something that is generally a more sports-based program. Like these flavors of these stories are so much fun. And Dalton Castle just continues to be such an important bonding piece of merging the arrows of ROH. So much fun to have around here. Um, this is just all sorts of silly. And I was here for it. 
Uh, we got a, a chat. We've talked about this a lot, but I love that there's a super chat about it because it always bears repeating. We often talk about this wrestler or that wrestler having a breakout year. Can we talk about the breakout year of Lexi Nairhead last year? Mm-hmm. Yes, we can. We can, we will, and we will all day. Um, she went from being a backstage interviewer to the backstage interviewer of ROH and an integral part of the Minion story. You're seeing her personality come here with the Dalton Castle stuff. Him being in that road case or whatever it was last week, just <laughs> thrown about. Her reactions have been great, and she really has let her personality shine through without it being something that distracts from the scene, which I think, to me, is such a difficult balance to strike. That's something Renee is the goat at, obviously. Now, right now, Renee is just trying to hold it together while Tony Storm is yelling about punching people in the box. But like right. that ability to not be lifeless but not pull away from things is a very, very fine line to walk. Lexi is killing it. We love to see it. What did you think of all this Dalton silliness and anything else you want to expand upon with Lexi there? Yeah, I thought that in the backstage segment, my favorite part was them randomly having a parkour station for Johnny TV to do flips <laughs> over. I'm like, why is that stuff randomly set up like that? Oh, so Johnny TV could do a flip over it. I thought that shit was really funny. He slides <laughs> over one under one thing, and that somehow stops Dalton from really getting to him. This stuff is going to lead to them probably being a tag team it is what it's looking like. Like I thought that they're like, okay, we probably can have a pretty good feed with this, but this is even better than anybody I think expected. And it might end up with them being like tag team champions or something just because they work so well together. And we're going to have to continue to see them all together. This segment was awesome. Yeah. I think Lexi, I think though, has became, there's, rarely that backstage interviewers or commentators or anything kind of become characters within ring of honor. Cause they're so just about the wrestling and what happens here. But Lexi has became a character and a part and an inaugural part of this ring of honor and honor club brand and kudos to her just for working hard, being awesome in these segments with Billy Starks and in stuff like this with Dalton castle. She's incredible. She's going to have an even bigger year this year. I think. I agree. I think a lot of people are taking notice and that's just awesome to see because uh, to the super chat, you're right. Like we do talk about that with wrestlers all the time. And I think commentary, this is kind of what's nice about having a, a breadth of wrestling products to, to give personalities to commentary. I think people have been noticing a lot with Ian and Nigel and whatever Mm -hmm. Um, WWE has had a rotating circle there. And I, I think still trying to figure it out, but um I think now these backstage segments are starting to pick up the same notoriety. People are realizing the value of the people that hold those positions. That it's awesome. I love your idea of them as a tag team. Mm -hmm. I, it says a lot about Dalton castle that I'm like, he could be a trios champion with the boys. He could be a singles champion or he could be a tag champion with Johnny. And I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm in it. I'm in for all of it. So much fun. The chat bringing up Quinn McKay too, formerly of our oh, yeah. now of Level Up. Yeah, she was a she was a really big piece of it and a wrestler mm-hmm. at one point. She was in some women's tournaments there as well. Well, we move on to another dominant women's match. Now, I will say there were two squash matches for the women and one real match. So we got a lot of talent on TV, but not for as long as we normally do. No complaints, though, because it's all heading somewhere, and we're getting a lot of really great growth in the women's division. Um, But Diamante just booting Dream Girl Ellie, who screams at the top of her lungs, 
getting a quick win with the crossroads. So I guess she faced Cody Rhodes at some point because if you're gonna steal somebody's finisher, according to Cody Rhodes, you gotta face them a couple times and then you get to adopt their move. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> this was fun. Diamante continuing to look like a badass. I think you're starting to see how they're gonna prioritize people in this division, especially going into a tournament. Not a ton to write home about. Nice to see Dream Girl Ellie back. She's she's great. Like good to see her back on on screen here. Um Anything that you want to add to this? Yeah, nothing too crazy. And that's just Diamante getting a nice win over here. Um, women's squash matches exist now. I think Ring of Honor establishing that thing, too, is it's pretty cool for them because it hasn't always been like that. And uh, I think Nyla and Diamante are great ones to kind of lead the way with that. And sure. uh, Mercedes also. Agreed. Martinez. <laughs> Yeah, we gotta gotta be specific, or everyone's gonna clip it and be like, "She's coming to our way. <laughs> She's showing up for Rhonda, who's coming back." I don't know. Relax, mm-hmm. relax, people. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what else is good. We get Kyle Fletcher defeating Christopher Daniels yep. to retain his title, third defense in three weeks. You love to see that. Really fun match. Um, I appreciate the value of Christopher Daniels in these situations and his status mm-hmm. of honor. And they've done a good job of making him feel like a really big deal. I would like to see the Lee Moriarty's of the world kind yes. of in this. And like, I, I, I want to see that now. This is Kyle Fletcher's third defense in three weeks. Like there's plenty of time to get all of those younger talents in together. But sometimes I think we get a little heavy handed with, the veteran prep, like it's always Christopher Daniels and Serpentico all the time. Yeah. Uh, no offense to them, but I would love to see some more independent talent or mm-hmm. AR Fox in this or whatever. So, but no complaints about the match itself. Christopher Daniels is in there for a reason. Like he looks good every time. You get Daniels hitting a Uranagi to set up the best moonsaults ever. But Kyle Fletcher coming back with that leg lariat and Fletcher with that reverse tombstone scores the win. It's so nice to have our titles back, Red. Like, it's so great. And Kyle Fletcher, three very different defenses over the course of those three weeks as well. We were raving about him last week. This was a bunch of fun as well. He He's just so well-rounded and so great at such a young age. I can't reiterate enough how impressive it is that he has a grasp on so many of the quote-unquote intangibles of wrestling, things that you can't explain things that um, you can only explain because they're being done the proper way. Like from, right. from our aspect, I'm sure there's in-ring equivalents to those things, but just great stuff from Kyle Fletcher. Love his strength and his quickness. Um, hold on to that because your youth, it slips away fast, man. Okay, just re- revel in it while you can, Kyle Fletcher, because it goes. But for now, him being able to go 100 miles an hour and also do things like this reverse tombstone, whole bunch of fun. Uh, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I would rather someone else be in this Christopher Daniels spot. I like Christopher Daniels a lot. I was thinking about it when this match started. Christopher Daniels was on the first Ring of Honor show 22 years ago now. Kyle Fletcher was two years old. That's crazy to think about. Now they're wrestling here in a match on TV, and Kyle Fletcher's a stud like no other. I think that him being in this position, all of his matches – you know, it's like almost a guarantee at this point that Kyle Fletcher's is going to have a banger uh, match. He's going to carry this title, and you're going to get to a point where you're like, "That this is awesome point, but like a real this is awesome 
get to for the crowd. You know what I mean? Not just like we're saying this because you guys have been wrestling for 10 minutes. He's uh, he has really good instincts. The way that he builds a match, it's not just high spot, high spot, high spot. It's to get to somewhere. I like that he's implementing different moves now that he's doing this reverse tombstone thing. I think it looks really disgusting. Backdrop driver sick. All of the stuff that he does, he's leveling up, I think, every match. Christopher Daniels was a good move. It was at Daly's place at the point that they got to the show. So, um, oh, that's yes, that's of note too. Good point. It, uh, there's some reasons that it's okay, but yeah, I think like there's so many people back there that could be showcased on Ring of Honor that are kind of just lingering that could fill these spots that Serpentico and Chris Daniels and Matt Seidel, who I love all these guys. I think they're great, but there just be some other people that could be slotted in here that I think will do just as great. But this was a really fun match because Kyle Fletcher's killing it. Agreed. Yeah, it's it's definitely not a wrong move. We just mm-hmm. think there might be maybe some better moves back there. Yes. Um, so that brings us to a video package really quick that we get from Ethan Page, which I really liked, man. I know mm-hmm. I've been like Ethan Page stand account girl for a while, but this is why. Like now we're getting to see this authentic version of him kind of coming through. He talks about um, making it his goal for 2024 that he wants to earn his way to a TV title match against Kyle Fletcher. Yep. A wrestler just stating what he's there to do unbelievable stuff he talks about promising his daughter that he was going to be carrying gold around he says that scorpio sky was doing the same thing he's so good at giving you so much information in so few words he said scorpio sky is my friend in my alliance but we are not a tag team and i'm going after the singles title because i want championship gold like whoosh just Mm -hmm. really 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 well done very simple to the point I love that. I wish we had more alliances that weren't necessarily tag teams in wrestling. Cause like that's how men of the year kind of operated when they were in AEW. And I think them operating that way in ROH is a lot of fun. Cause single stars that kind of have each other's backs is a really fun dynamic. And I feel like both of them are single stars that have this connection from years ago now at this point. Um, any thoughts on this video package? I just can't get over how naturally and easy Ethan Page gives us a lot of relevant information in a very short amount of time. Yeah, Ethan Page is just tremendous at promos. He's good at everything that he does. I wanted Men of the Year to be a tag team. I think that they'd be a tremendous Ring of Honor or AEW tag team. But I do like them establishing Scorpio Sky's here to have my back. We're not getting the band back together just yet. We might. That's That's in the book. We're not saying we're ruling it out. But right now, Ethan Page is trying to get singles gold. I just like his motivation is always set right there. You don't know. There's no confusion about Ethan Page. Every time he's on TV, he's like, this is this is exactly the reason why I'm here. I come to do this. I want to be this person. And these are the steps I'm going to take to get there. And I thought this promo was that. Agreed. Agreed. Guys, we are coming to your main event of ROH. Obviously, there's big news floating around in the ether about Okada. We don't have more information than we have. I see the numbers coming up. I'm sure you guys are anxious to hear about TNA, which will be reviewed very shortly by Cresta and Joel as we finish up here. Last call for Super Chats on our end of the show. If you have Super Chats for Joel and Cresta, you'll be able to get those answered for the TNA show as well. Nick Nemeth addressing the crowd. Will Ospreay in action against Josh Alexander. Uh, Joel was there live in Vegas for the relaunch. He talked to Speedball. He talked to Steve Macklin. 
So he'll be able to give you the live event experience as well from what he got to do in Vegas and maybe some spoilers about those interviews that he got too. So stick around for the TNA Impact, whatever it is, Bo Show at this point. Crescential will bring you a great time. But first, flipping and spinning, spinning, mm-hmm. flipping your triple A mega title here. Some good stuff that we get out of Black Tor, or I'm sorry, under Vikingo. I'm thinking Black Taurus because he's not going to be named Black Taurus very much mm-hmm. longer. But we get Vikingo with his title, the longest holding title, uh, or longest running title holder since Kenny Omega uh, against Action Andretti. And what was a very fun match, a lot of pinning predicament predicaments at the end mm-hmm. here, but ends with Vikingo getting that electric chair position and Andretti getting another pinning predicament. And this time you got Vikingo getting the a nice pin on this, like a really deep pin on the cover. I appreciate that about my luchadors. When they go for those covers, they go for the covers, getting the three count for the win. Very fun match. Like I think it um, forced Andretti to kind of level up a little bit in a really good way. But Vikingo of a lot of the luchadors that we get to see, I say it week over week, I appreciate how much everything is cohesive and makes sense in the context of the acrobatics. Like none of it really feels all that superfluous. There's obviously a big name out there. I'm not even talking about Okada yet, but I'm talking about Black Taurus. I thought that was going to be the big news of this week. Um, Really, really exciting stuff that Taurus might be on the way in here. Um, You have a better beat on this scene than I do, but what did you think of our main event? And do you have any thoughts on Taurus? Because we were getting some chats about it. People were curious. Yeah, I think that uh, Vikingo, they just wanted Vikingo to be possibly the first ever crossover from Ring of Honor to TNA slash Impact Wrestling we've ever done. I don't know if we've ever had one wrestler be on both shows of our post show. That's what was going on here. Vikingo is the man. It's nothing more that I could say. I come on here every single week, talk about how amazing he is. He got in all his flipping and spinning. All his spot food spots, they were right here on display. Action Andretti is a really good opponent for him, I think, because uh, as as well as he could flip, he could sell, and he can do the other things on the other side, I think, that are needed to make Vikingo look great. And this was a display like this. Black Taurus, yeah, apparently is now signed over to AEW. Huge move. I said when they gave him the shot a few months ago, when they had the match with Vikingo, they needed to sign him. He's a game-changing luchador like there's a bunch of luchadors always that we see all the time but this guy brings a different energy a different type of style different look everything different than a regular luchador the name we'll get over it like penta it used to be (laughs) pentagon jr or whatever he's not pentagon we never call him pentagon jr it'll be fine i complained about gunther and walter for a long time i forgot about it his name's gunther who cares (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough, guys. There is a write-up on Okada on FightfulSelect.com. I'm going to read it and see if there's anything I can tease for you guys. But whilst I do that, I'm going to go ahead and bring in our own Joel Pearl real quick. Um, There he is. How are we doing? I'm well. How are you doing? Uh, Doing good. This is not the Hard to Kill post show. That was my mistake. There we go. That's for when you're done. (laughs) Hard to kill, baby. That was How is TNA? Is TNA back, Joel? TNA, is TNA back? According to many, I have been told TNA is in fact 
back. Not just back. I've been told they're effing back. Oh, they're effing back with curse yes. words and all. They mm. they dropped an f bomb tonight with, with the the beep on. But yeah, Scott Demore just loves dropping f bombs in his promos now. It's great. So Joe, I laughed and I laughed and I laughed at Denise last week because I said, "Who could the signing be?" And she goes, "What about Okada?" And I'm like, "Denise, stop." But I mean, today, <laughs> right so, before we hopped on here, we got some different news. I don't know; it's not seeming as crazy as it did last week. What I'll, are your thoughts? I'll tell you one thing: in conversations that I had with TNA people this past weekend, they the way it was told to me was. On the CM Punk stuff, it was actually a lot closer than people really gave it credit for. Mm. And what that means to me is that they are going to continue making plays for high-level talent. What people also need to realize is TNA operates differently than all the others out there. They run weekly TV, yes, but they tape twice a month. They do a live show and they tape television or they do uh, two sets of tapings on two different nights or whatever. The, the, it's a very light schedule. For some, that's perfect. And also, take a look. Trinity's leaving. Nick Nemeth came in. You can basically assume that whatever money was earmarked for Trinity just got shifted over to, sure. to Nick Nemeth. So now maybe there's other money coming in. And maybe Kazuchika Okada is the type of person that wants to come back and and do it. And all I can say is when you watch the six man next week, yeah, maybe you'll feel like he's the right guy for that job. So he could he could easily wind up in TNA. I don't I know where else. They use his old entrance. We're going to bring Cresta on in just a second. But we did get one final super chat from Travis Lindsay saying, if the ROH six man and AEW trios titles are unified, which one should survive? ROH makes sense since there's a history, but AEW has more clout. <sighs> There's not anything really behind the AEW trios titles, I think, so far. I think the history of the Ring of Honors holds stronger, but it would make more sense for them to be AEW trios titles, you know? Agreed. I I think you run into the issue of um, everything's under the AEW umbrella, not under the ROH umbrella. So I think that you uh, should probably do it that way, even though one has a much more rich history. Um, this is my thing. Okada has to lose the never open <laughs> six man titles to TMDK. Yeah, he should. Now, um, now but- it's actually an opportunity for him to, to drop the pinfall, too, because before that, everyone was like, No, nah, the only person who dropped that pinfall is Ishii. It is true. And the other piece of it is like, if that contract is up on the 31st so i would much rather him at least be able to drop them than just vacate or them to free bird it or whatever uh that would not be the best way to send uh okada out in my opinion because there's just too much value in it there is a post about okada on fightful select there is information uh about a promotion that was looking to bring him in and was throwing ideas around so uh, I would encourage you to go to FightfulSelect.com and subscribe. That's as far as I'm going to go because the rest is busting the paywall as far as, as my boundaries go with it. But I'm sure information and speculation will be out there soon. We had a great night at ROH tonight, which was very, very fun. We now get to turn it over to the, and I get to say it for the first time, TNA crew and Joel wow. and Cresta. 
keep the support. We got a lot of chats tonight. You guys were awesome. Please keep that support rolling for the, the TNA crew. We got a really fun match between Claudio and Brian Keith. Um, yep. We also got, this is going to blow your minds, but we got a tag team title defense on ROH. Oh, we got oh wow. Kyle Fletcher defending for the third time in three weeks. ROH titles on ROH. Where's the world title, though? With Eddie Kingston, partner. Sure, wow, yeah. why are you being such a heel? I don't know. At least the world champion was on the TNA show. It was a pre-tape. He's, he's still on wow. Vegas time. He doesn't know what's I'm very much still on Vegas time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying. Are you on Vegas weather? Because that's also a different ballgame. I would love that, but it's starting to warm up in Toronto. I, when I got home, I'll tell you all before you leave, I got a collective maybe... 17 hours of sleep the whole time I was in Vegas. And that was just not, that was the worst part of this trip was that I thought I would sleep. I did not sleep much. Psych. Yeah, pretty much. And I wasn't staying on the strip until the end. So, huh, okay. That was it. Eesh. Well, you guys can hear all about Joel's experience and tonight's episode of the new TNA from Joel and Cresta. We're going to get out of here and let them chat about it. Cresta, come back to Grapsity. Come back to Grapsity. Come back to Grapsity. What, what, what's going on this Saturday? What's all this? Come thing, back on Saturday. I'll send right. you the link. Yo, I'll see you Yo. Saturday. I'll see you Saturday, partner. I'll see you all Saturday. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Have a lot of fun, guys. We'll see, you. see you soon. Oh, That's man. Thing. I'm old. <laughs> you, gotta do it. you are old, but it's okay. I appreciate the elderly here. Yes. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.